Welcome to Outspoken Voices, a podcast by and for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer parents, people with LGBTQ parents, and everyone else who is part of our family journey. I'm your host, Kim Sines, and I am the Director of Regional Programming for Family Equality Council. Today we're talking about foster care and how important it is in forming our families. We have two wonderful families joining us today. They include Tony and Danny Porter from Minnesota and Kevin Newbert and Jim Corey from Illinois. At this point, I'd like to thank you both for sharing your time and your stories with us. And Tony and Danny, I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you. Great, thanks. Um, So I guess I can start this, Dan. Um, Tony and I started talking about our desire to have kids early on in our relationship. Um, And I think it's always been something that um, has been on my mind, but a lot of it really kind of dependent on what kind of relationship I was in, it being the right fit and the right time, all those kinds of things. Um, Luckily, I found Tony and he he really takes care of all of us. He's a stay-at-home dad, which really helps um, just bring things together and really supports um, some of the other components of our, our the needs of our kids. So it's been really helpful to have that. Um, we started with our first adoption back in 2012. Um, we completed the home study after doing some research on what organization to go with. Um, and we started receiving info on kids. Uh, we initially matched with a lot of a lot of the kids, um, which was kind of interesting for us. Um, that also was really difficult to hear and see so many kids that needed a family. Um, from this initial search, we were able to find a few a few of the kids that were that seemed like they're interested in a, or that we were interested in quite more info on. And this really put it back then on the county workers to of those kids to see if Tony and I would be uh, a fit for a fit for the kids' needs. Um, Leon was one of those initial inquiries. Um, it was kind of funny because we met with Leon's team and shared more about us and provided them with some additional info on kind of our parenting style and kind of the craziness of our house and our own personalities. And they pretty much got up and left and without even leaving, they were like, you'd be a perfect match for Leon. We, they just felt like we would be just an instant hit with each other and really fit and resonated well with how, you know, Leon's personality is and how he, how he interacts. So they just really felt that it would be a good match. Um, was kind of crazy about the whole situation and so we were matched with him and then and then we were at the same time set up to do kind of a it's like a lunch and learn or a what do you want to call it like a it's like an adoption matching event which yeah. is very kind of odd it has a prospective parents there and kids in foster care kind of looking for matches and it's the one we went to was like a cooking class so um yeah, so it was like an event where there's prospective adoptive parents and then um, kids that are in in foster care to do kind of a fun activity where people just get a chance to like I don't know meet and talk with each other and kind of learn about some things about each other. Um, but we knew Leon was going to be at this event, and um, and 
and but we couldn't say anything about it because nothing was further than that at that point. So we actually got to meet him, even though we had already said we were going to be adopting him. Um, but we couldn't sh- we couldn't really spend any more time or any less time with him than any of the other kids because um, we just needed to make you know none none of it was in that further final on in that stages, process yeah. or those final stages, so we couldn't share. But we had just a great time, and he ended up getting a little. I don't know. We had, getting a cut, and so he had to use a he had to use a band aid, and we ended up doing. I mean, it was just it was pretty a humorous um, occasion, but it 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 worked out really well, and it was kind of a fun chance for us to see him even before um, any of the final stages. And the rest, pretty much, has pretty been you know history. He was 11 years old then. He was still in elementary school. Um, now he is 15 years old, so he's a teenager. And um, just started high school this past year. We can't believe how time has flown. You know, Leon has just been an amazing man. He is so respectful to everyone. He has bigger than life, positive, upbeat attitude. He knows, remembers everyone. He just, he totally knows everyone in the school about, you know, what's going on and who all the staff people are. And he has a great ability to adapt to change and kind of go with the flow. And honestly, he's probably even better behaved at like, plays and concerts than I am. I'm a little bit more fidgety and I like to talk and, and be involved in things. And he, he can, he pretty much is like the one that says, shh, just stab you. We're, we're listening to a concert. So he's really good about him going to those kinds of things. He's also very athletic and has been in football and wrestling and just been really great at community sports. Some of the challenges for him have been coming um, coming to us on three high doses of different psychotropic medications. Um, this was really hard for us initially because, you know, those initial stages, um, we really aren't the guardian, you know, as b- before, before finalization. So the county is really, you know, involved in terms of medications and monitoring certain things. So, we really stepped into that. And I mean, he had different kinds of tics and other kinds of behaviors. Um, honestly, there were manifestation of, of the mental health diagnosis that they thought he had, but he really was not medicated appropriately. Um, so it was a crazy kind of beginning. Um, he has not been on any medications at all since he was 12. Um, and, you know, he's committed to, to making some of those changes in his own life to understanding that, you know, he's got ADHD, but, you know, what are strategies that he can use so that he doesn't need to be on those? And some of those other medications he was on, they're just not appropriately prescribed based on what his um, mental health was. Um, so anyway, those are just some of the big things. And then um, Leon was not properly diagnosed and the other stressors he has, he is on an IEP. So he has an individual education plan for autism. So he has some challenges in regarding like social cues and taking advantage or t- being taken advantage of. Um, but, but really he's just been doing a fantastic job. So that's kind of Leon's story. Yeah. And kind of, when we first started talking to Leon's team about him and kind of asking, you know, what are his hobbies? What's, what are his likes? He'd been in foster care for two years at that point, and the answer we kind of got was we don't know. Like he had never had the chance to be on a sports team at school. He never had a chance to, you know, explore those things. So that's why you know when he came to us, he was always wanted to try new things. So we really encouraged him to try different sports to kind of see what 
you know, where his interests really lied. So that's been a really great thing for him. Um, so that was our first child, Leon. Um, that process from start to finish actually went from the time we finished our home study until moved in with us was probably only about six months, uh, which was kind of fast. And then we finalized for about nine months after that. Um, and through that process, we always knew we wanted more than one child, but you know, Leon was just a perfect fit that first time. So um, we waited probably about two years um, and then felt that we were ready to add to our family again. So we went through the process again, started new uh, home study, or kind of update our home study. Um, and we were matched really quickly with our, our second son, Leland, who at the time was two and a half. Um, so this was back in 20, gosh, 2015, June 2015, we met Leland for the first time. And we were matched with him, and he wasn't even part of the he wasn't even one of the, the kids that we were able to look at. So it was still early on um, in, in the sense of, so they give you the profiles of all the kids to look at. Well, he still wasn't even part of that system, but his adoption or his prospective adoption workers um, had noted us and kind of seeked us out. Yeah, I mean, we had just finished our home study about probably about a month prior. We had just started the matching process and kind of got a call out of the blue from his workers asking if we'd be interested in this two and a half year old boy and um we met them and uh learned more about him and they learned more about us and they wanted to move forward really quickly. Uh, we actually met him about a week later, which was very unusual. Um and that meeting went really well. Uh we had Leon, our older son, come with us to obviously that's a you know a big concern of how they would interact and, and get along. So they would be brothers. Um so that was in June of twenty fifteen and he moved in August, gosh, August 3rd. So that went like literally two months. So they really wanted to move in quicker than that. So that was a really unusual thing. But as Dan had said, he wasn't, when we first met him, rights had not been terminated. Um, they knew it was moving that direction. Um, but again, we were kind of at that point where it could have gone either way. And, you know, it's hard thing getting your hopes up with this child and then having in the back of your head the thought that this could go a different way. But luckily, it all went in our in our favor. So, uh, Leland was two and a half then. That's been a year and a half, so he's just a little over four now, and um, come just a long way. Um, bright, funny, smart little boy. Um, he's in preschool this year. Um, yeah, so it's it kind of a different, different uh, avenue. I mean, both through foster care, but. With Leland, it went so much quicker and kind of was a different process. So, you know, I think each each adoption is is really unique. Um, Some of the bigger, um, you know, challenges that Leland faced was um, he has uh, he has has a biological um, older sister that um, that we're we're able to kind of see through. Through some other people so they could have they can meet and talk to each other and leon really didn't have that option even though yeah. he does have um sisters or siblings um so he's got you know that different dynamic that we're having to negotiate um also leland was kicked out of um every daycare he had been in prior to him coming yeah. to us so um he he definitely had um some challenges initially and just his behaviors extremely bright um, he's, he, he's just 
amazingly bright child, but um, he had just experienced some things early on in his life that um, it's really bad trauma really that he was reacting to. Early trauma things that he's um, just adapted and and um, come over, and so just the resilience of both of our kids is so amazing. Yeah, I think overall struggles. I think through both adoptions, um, it just you know kids coming from foster care have such a, a trauma background. I, I don't think. You know, I don't think there's any kids probably in the foster system that don't have some form of trauma, obviously. Um, and just the amount of support that we've put in place have been great for both of them, but it, it takes a lot out. Like, when Leon first came, he was, you know, he had a, a personal therapist, he had a skills worker, he had OT appointments, speech appointments, uh, most of that's still going on. Um, Leland now, being four, has a therapist, a skills worker, OT twice a week, plus preschool, so... Um, those things really kind of kind of make things, um, you know, they're a challenge. I mean, that's really why when we then I first started talking about adopting it, because we had was okay. Well, one of us are going to stay home, knowing that we're adopting foster care, they're going to need extra support. So we made that conscious decision that one of us would stay home to to do that, which has been my my role, which has been great. So, um. And then also, I think you just kind of see the highs and lows of the foster care system in general. I mean, we, you know, both kids had pretty good workers, but there were things that were missed. And, um, you know, going through the first process after Leah had been with us, I became a guardian litem, uh, which is a, a court appointed advocate to um, look out for children's best interest in a, a child welfare cases. So, um, that was really important to me going through the first process and seeing the needs for these kids out there and something that I could do to help that out as well. So, but both kids are doing wonderful. We've, um, you know, we just definitely feel blessed and we're really glad of the path we took through foster care. Um, and I, everyone says that, you know, they're lucky that they have us, but we definitely feel like lucky ones, Dan and I, that, right. that we have, perfect kids for us so yeah we i i, I would you know i think it, it's kind of interesting because we now like our experiences are more just i think whatever the norm whatever you'd say is a normal kind of oh you have a four-year-old and a 15-year-old and you, you just i mean anyone with with a four or 15 year old probably just have some challenges in terms of what that looks like but i feel like now we're kind of it's kind of just boring <laughs> Whatever boring. <laughs> <laughs> if only I, I welcome boring someday. But. Boring is not a word that comes to mind when I think of your family. I'm just going to put that out there, Tony and Dan. Well, thank you so much for sharing that that thank story. You, it was it was really inspiring. And um, speaking of inspiring, Kevin and Jim have a story that will keep you at the edge of your seat as well. So at this time, Kevin, Jim, we'll turn it over to you. Thanks so much, Kim. Um, it's really nice to um, be asked to share our story um, and to hear other people's stories as well, because um, every story is different and has its ups and its downs. And I think your listeners out there would um, be advised that to hang on tight because it is a roller coaster ride from uh, the very beginning. Um, I think our our story begins where um, we 
we're both teachers, um, junior high, elementary school age, and both love kids. And we wanted from the beginning, we're on the same page that we wanted kids and we wanted two of them. And we wanted to go um, look at the different options. And um, my sister, who is seven years younger than myself, she was a foster child that my family adopted. So I kind of went into this with some familiarity about the foster care system. Um, so we started going down that route with the classes. I think it took nine weeks, yeah. nine weeks for the classes. And we were able to, um, you know, list what we wanted. We wanted an infant. We wanted um, a, a child that was likely to stay. We weren't. Um, we weren't looking to really be one of those emergency temporary foster homes. Um, we both work full time and, and, you know, we had our house ready and, and knew what we wanted. I think one of the initial things, even when we first met with the license worker um, that struck me was how much it seemed like we were filling out an order form for the kind of kid that we wanted. Um, you know, we, like Jim just said, we had um, a preference for an infant. We had um, a preference for, um, because we were two males, we were thinking that it would be good to bring a boy into the house. Um, so we had all of these preferences. Um, and what we didn't realize as we went through the process was that was all well and good. Um, but apparently life, um, and probably our licensed worker and foster care workers had a different plan for us as we moved forward. So our first placement was probably six weeks after our license was wrapped up. It was, um, you know, we were told we have an infant for you mother was born or the mother was drug addicted um, and does not is not fit to keep the child and the father is also drug addicted and um, does not you know seem fit to take care of the child so we rushed to target and got all we needed and um, picked up uh, a baby boy from the NICU the next day and um, we had him for about a month a little over a month when the grandparents came out of nowhere um, and over a series of court dates over a couple of weeks, um, applied for custody and were able to do so. Um, so that was probably our, our, you know, our biggest smackdown, um, letdown, one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. Um, and I advise you out there, if you're, you know, going the foster care route that sometimes kids come and go and relatives come out of the woodwork and, um, you know, you do the best you can for those kids when you have them and then you take a little time and you recuperate. And we both dealt with it in very different ways. Uh, Jim spent a lot of time being quiet. I spent a lot of time diving into work. Um, and after a couple of weeks of that, we we both kind of talked about our commitment to the foster care system and, and giving uh, a child uh, a home that needed one. So um, despite the fact that everyone told us, oh, I could never do that. It's, it would be too hard if a kid left. It is incredibly hard when a kid leaves. But um we took the time to mourn and grieve, and then um, we made the call to our licensed worker and said, we're, we're ready when you have another kid for us. And a couple of days before Christmas um, in 2011, uh, Kevin was already on vacation. I was still working, and he got a call saying there was a kid who needed a home for two days. And so right before Christmas, he called me and said, you know, I think this might be good for us. It's, you know, gets us back out there and they have our name and they'll, they'll keep us in mind for these infants that are coming along. And so we did, and uh, we, we picked him up uh, later that afternoon. Um, and currently he's, you know, five years old and, and sleeping upstairs. So, <laughs> um, but that, that really began a series of events where, um, the the foster system, you know, said, 
we want you to keep him for another couple of weeks. Um, this, the situation in our case was a, uh, a mom who had neglected her four other children and they had been taken from her and she hadn't completed her steps to get to, um, remedy. to, to remedy the situation and get the, the child back. So they, they told the, the father who was a different father than the other four kids that she had that all they, all he had to do was kick her out and he could have the kid because there were no strikes against him. So we kept waiting for that to happen. And then by the end of January, so five, six weeks later, um, Kevin started taking them on sibling visits um, in the town next door to us. So he would bring the baby, the other two sets of siblings. There was a, a seven, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. They would be, you know, shipped in for the mom to see all the kids at once. And, and they were all in separate houses. So we had the baby, and the seven and five-year-old were living with their uh, maternal grandparents. Um, and the other kids were living in another traditional foster home. Uh, mind you, when we picked up the baby around Christmas time, um, we we went through and had a great a great holiday. Um, we still were unsure, or the details were a little sketchy, that he even had siblings out there. Um, so after the new year, when they said, you know, one of the requirements will be to bring him every Saturday to one of these sibling visits, um, that was kind of new uh, information to us. Um, and because there were so many siblings in so many different places, um, they asked if I would be willing to drive uh, the baby, Derek, to um, these sibling visits. Um, the first time I got there, um, I quietly dropped Derek off and saw the other kids leave the transports that they were there in. Um, and I raced home. Um, and I think on the way home, I called Jimmy and said, oh, those other kids are cute. And I'm like, that's that's great, but we can adopt. We cannot have five kids. And the next sibling visit a week or two later, he came back and he had, you know, slyly in his winter coat, snuck a, a photo or a video. I don't remember of the five kids and their snow, their snow gear. And I'm like, oh, well, OK, we're having this conversation again. Um, <laughs> so then it, it shifted from, you know, are are we you know, what's their situation? So we started asking questions. And by March, we had visits with the two sets of kids to kind of get to know them. And then in April, the younger two stayed over for a weekend. and. We we slowly by the end of May went up to having three kids. They they left their foster their temporary foster placement, um, and then we weren't really sure if the older two were going to join us. If Grandma and Grandpa had decided they were going to you know wanted to keep them long term or wanted to keep them all together. So by by mid um, July of that same summer, we you know had those two move in as well. Uh, so within a matter of you know seven months, we went from zero kids to five. Um, like we said, it was not what we had planned. Um, but I think sometimes the best thing you can do is change your plans. And I think something else that's interesting is sometimes people lament how slowly the foster care system works. And, and I will second that, that there are times where it works pretty slowly. Um, as it turns out, when you want to change your license from having one kid to having three kids to having five kids, the foster system can work pretty quickly <laughs> in getting you a new license. They can, they can move that along. Um, so when they came to live with us, we, we had the older two with some behavior issues, especially our, um, five-year-old son at the time. Um, you know, the first three months, there was a lot of screaming and on his part, and a lot of, um, structure and discipline needing to be put in place. And I think Kevin and I were, were hopefully well suited to that being, you know, education, educators. And, um, we were able to really establish routines quickly for them. 
um, reintroduced them to living with all these siblings because they had been the older four had been split in two for for two years um, to have them all back. And then, you know, to have an infant at that same time, um, it was really a um, like a zone type of situation where one of us would would kind of take care of the infant and the other one was left with four kids that were relatively new. Uh, they all had their their issues and their questions about mom and dad and, um, you know, adjusting to a new school and new friends. Um, we have had all but the baby um, have visited a, a, a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. counselor, a therapist. counselor, a therapist at different times, just so we could set up that relationship um, in case as time goes on and things come up, you know, our older four were, um, you know, uh, neglected and, and locked in a room and, and, and experienced some trauma that the younger three don't necessarily remember, but our older son does. Um, so we're constantly working with him. He's kind of quiet and shy. He's in middle school now. Um, he is very outgoing at school. He's a little on the quiet side here, which is fine. Um, we have a mix of personalities that we have our, our kind of quiet kids and our really extroverted um, personalities. So it, you know, it, it, it provides a never ending um, series of events here. And it's never boring and it's never dull. Um, we did have those moments along the way where we would look at each other once they were in bed and be like, what did we do? What did we agree to? And I don't know if that was so much the number. I think a lot of times it's the number of kids that we have, but whether you have one or two, uh, anytime you take a kid from the foster system, like we've, we've heard tonight, like it, it it's um, you never know what you're in for and you need to be extra vigilant to make sure the kids are, are feel that they are loved and that they are important and that they are, are welcome um, and part of your family. So we were able to adopt, we were able to finish adoption. They were signed over to us by the mom um, within, I think two and a half years mm -hmm. we were done. So we've been a legal adopted family um, for, you know, three years going on three years this summer, that same summer in our state um, marriage was legal for us. So that was a, a very big summer and a very big party. Um, and uh, we like to, we go back and look at that video of that special day of going to court and, yeah. and knowing that they were safe and they were going to be with us for a, a good long time. I think one thing that despite the fact that our kids are so different from one another, we have four boys and one girl, um, the, fi the fact that they are so different from one another, the thing that they have in common is, is that they are remarkably resilient. Um, and so I think even for Jimmy and I, we've had to be remarkably resilient as parents as well, because um, there were moments early on where we wish we could have done something a little bit differently. But um, one thing that we try to, to reassure the kids is that being a family is ever changing. And when we make mistakes, we apologize and we own up for them um, and we try better tomorrow. And so um, I think resilience is is key around here. I think we do that forgiving each other and even as parents having to, to forgive ourselves as you kind of work out the kinks. Um, but it's been a long process, but it doesn't feel long. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. It is, it is not the life we had planned, but I don't know that we can now imagine any other life. Nope. Not at all. So thanks. Oh. Oh, thank you, Kevin and Jim. That was a fantastic story. And, you know, listening to both 
Tony and Dan and, and Kevin and Jim talk about how their families were formed reminds us that um, that resilience is not only in our children, but in the parents as well. And so you did a great job illustrating that for our listeners. Thank you very much. Again, I would like to thank you for joining in. And until next time, please remember that love, justice, family, and equality is what brings our families together.